Welcome back to Navigating the Work Compass. You're here with Kate Luzio, founder and CEO of Luminary, and my co-host, Susan Chapman-Hughes. And we have, as mentioned on last week's episode, an incredible guest today joining us, Sam Hammack, who is the Chief Human Resources Officer at Verizon. And we're going to have a phenomenal conversation with Sam. But before we do that, I did want to take a moment to acknowledge the terrible and senseless shootings that occurred yesterday in Uvalde, Texas at Robb Elementary School. Also, the church shootings that happened last week in California. And prior, as many of you know, who listened to last week's episode, as Susan and I talked about the senseless shootings at a grocery store in Buffalo. And as we were prepping for this, Sam reminded me that today is the hard to believe two-year anniversary of the murder of George Floyd. Um, our condolences for all of these shootings and senseless acts on hum humankind, um, and certainly to the Black community who have continued to see uh, racist acts of violence, um, terror, um, plague them, um, even in the two years that George Floyd was murdered. So um, wanted to, to, um, to recognize and acknowledge, and for many of you that listen to the show, um, as both leaders, managers, but also as just employees, uh, if you haven't checked in on your, on your teams, now is the time. Um, whether they are from the Black community, whether they are working parents that are dealing with, as they watch their kids go to school this morning, um, it's, it is time. Um, but we have one of the most thoughtful leaders in the, I would say in the human, um, space, uh, that I've gotten to know over the past year. Um, as I mentioned, Sam Hammock, who's the CHRO of Verizon, uh, who is really leading with purpose and leading with empathy and authenticity. And it's something, Sam, that Susan and I literally talk about each week. So we're excited to have you here today. Yeah. Welcome, Pam. It's great to see you. You too. All right. So we'll we'll get right into and and Sam, you know, you have had such a fantastic career from ENY, JP Morgan, American Express. Um, you landed at Verizon a little over, I think it was a year and a half ago. Is that right? Okay. Um a few months into that, uh, you get the opportunity to um, interview and be on that slate for the CHRO, for the former CHRO had left, Christy, who was a great friend for both of us uh, and was on the show as well. Um, so can you talk a little bit just around you joined in the midst of a pandemic remotely, hadn't met many of your colleagues, bosses, et cetera, in person and then literally are kind of catapulted in a good way into running human resources for a massive organization when the CHRO role over the last two years has dramatically changed. Yeah. How has that experience been for you? Um, and just I'll, I'll also add, our listeners love advice. So as we're thinking about, and Susan and I will kind of ping pong around that is, you know, what have you learned throughout this time um, as a leader? Yeah, it's 
<laughs> we, we would need a lot more than 30 minutes. <laughs> what have you learned, right? Well, what have you learned in that? And I, I, mean, I think the number one thing I would say to uh, quote the ever powerful Beyonce, I'm not a gambling person, but if there's one thing I'm going to bet on, it's myself. And I would um, give that advice to anybody because for, for lots of reasons, listen, uh, to your point, I joined Verizon in December 2020. I worked for eight months as the head of all of global talent for Verizon, which was an amazing job in and of itself, with never meeting a soul, never meeting a soul in person. I did an interview in person. It was during the pandemic. And for lots of reasons, it was crazy to make the leap anyway, but it was amazing. What it taught me, though, was we absolutely can connect without mm -hmm. it. it. It takes a lot of purpose and it takes a ridiculous amount of work. Um, and intention, but it does not mean there's no connection. Right. It does not mean there's no, it does not mean you can't, you can't understand what a culture is like and that you can't build a really powerful and meaningful network. And so my first advice is do not let that stand in your way. Mm. That is a horrible excuse that because you can't be with people that you can't build your network and, and um, make a meaningful connection. So that is one and i absolutely was was purposeful about doing that over my first eight months and i think that's what opened the door to even be included mm. in the slate yeah. by the way i was invited to the slate without meeting any of those people <laughs> right i mean that's amazing right right you said something sam when you, you, you quoted beyonce around betting on yourself but you know that takes a lot of self-confidence and i think a lot of people have taken a beating their self-confidence has taken a beating over the last you know, a couple of years in particular. And, you know, as I think about diverse populations and the things that people are struggling with and trying to show up at work and be, you know, ready to rock and roll, like you sometimes might start to question yourself. So I'd love to just like get your perspective on like, how do you get yourself up for it? So you say, yeah, I'm going to bet on myself, but how do you like do things that build confidence for yourself, especially for women? Because mm -hmm. Lord knows women have like really taken some big self-confidence beatings over the last couple of years with COVID. How do you think yeah. about that? Yeah, um, it's so, so funny, Susan. I was having this conversation with um, a cohort of working women yesterday, and we were talking about this, particularly like how do you bet on yourself? And something that was coming up really common was working women, um, specifically over COVID, saying, I actually realized during COVID what I wasn't willing to sacrifice. And I didn't realize that before. I was used to being the last mom at after school pickup, right? Uh, I was used to saying, no, I couldn't do certain things. I, I couldn't go see my family. And I realized how much I was sacrificing and I'm not willing to anymore. What worried me in the talk track was then saying, so now I have to turn down a lot of job opportunities. Mm. And now I feel like I have to back off of my career because I don't want to sacrifice that. What I would say and kind of how I've approached that, and I have uh, okay, a case, second grader uh, at home too. So I have young kids. Um, so, so that conversation hits real. I also realized that. But um, for, for me, it was like, but why not me? <laughs> right? So, yeah. so to have that confidence, I think I can do it just as good as somebody else. Yeah. I, I think that um, I bring something to the role. And I also um, have been really intentional about my own boundaries mm. and where they have to flex at times. And yeah. I'm a big believer, like you can have everything, but you can't have everything all at once. That's right. And so life is full of choices. 
uh, but I'm willing to make those choices and do it in a way that still reflects my own values and purposes. And I think that self-definition and self-awareness is really important to build that confidence. Yeah. Well, one of the things, Sam, that I uh, that I saw from so you know from sort of from the outside and having the opportunity and privilege to to work with Verizon um, through the Luminary Partnership was was very early on in the pandemic, and I can imagine. Um, when you took on the role as, as that global head of talent was, was really listening to employees, right? Um, and Susan and I talk about this literally every week. All right, are you listening to your employees around what does it look like for a return to the office or hybrid or remote or flexibility? Um, and, you know, just listening to those employees. How is Verizon from a cultural standpoint, um, really implementing this? Because it's one thing to say it at your level and, and Hans and sort of that leadership team, but then it's another thing in such a large organization to sort of really bring that down through the pipeline. Yeah, I I could not agree more about the listening. Yeah. I actually think corporate America has got it away from that a lot in the last few years, not just from the pandemic. Let's be real. It's been mm -hmm. before then. Um, and like I said to you, I was talking to a cohort of women yesterday. I have a rule that um, I have to do roundtables um, with focus groups three to four a week minimum, mm. no matter where I'm at in the world. And it's not just from with my organization. Luck, I mean, I'm in HR, so luckily my role is to listen to all the voices of our employees. Yeah. And so I do them globally at all levels in different groups, and I mix them up. And um, hearing that, it's, it's funny you talk about... Um, we're hearing a lot about the word flexibility, mm -hmm. right? And what people are going to demand. If we're listening to the people at the top of the house on what the future workforce is going to want in that space, uh, I promise you we're going to fail. Yeah. The people to listen to is those that are now entering the workforce because they are going to shape it. Uh, and labor is in a brilliant place of power right now. Yes. Uh, and we will lose them before they even really get started if we aren't careful and hear what's going on in their minds. And I don't, I'm not really bought into the talk track of if you don't ever work in an office, you'll never feel the culture of a company. Mm. I, I don't really get behind that a ton. I'd, I'd love, you know, Sam, it's so interesting. <laughs> I was at um, a board director's dinner a few months ago, and it was this very robust conversation about uh, what young people want. And it was almost like this old school, new school conversation or like these older directors were like, no, they want to come to the office because that's the only way they get FaceTime with their bosses. And that's the only thing that they're going to be able to, you know, um, connect to in order to give them the opportunity to grow in their careers. And I was like, I don't I don't really think you have any clue as to like what these young people are thinking about or even middle aged people who've gone through, you know, the traumatic experiences. Yeah. I'd love to just. Now you're having these listening sessions. What are you hearing from people in terms of the kind of workplace that they expect and, you know, the kind of working situation that they are looking for that will make them feel good about the companies they're working for? Yeah. The number one thing that I hear in these listening tours that I'm doing is one, trust. Mm. Trust that I know how to do my job that I am here to deliver and be successful for this company. It's in all everyone's best interest and that I'm gonna get it done. So right. trust me no matter where I'm sitting, because by the way, I just showed you for two years that we can. <laughs> so, so a lot of trust um, is what I'm hearing in the talk track. The second is choice. I'm hearing a ton of talk around choice. And this is my preferred word over flexibility, by the way. Um, oh. And more options 
is I think as employers, the more choice we empower our employees to have, by, this could be like choice of schedule, choice of where they work, choice of when they work, even even choice in total rewards. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, tons of conversations like what makes people sticky. And so that's what I'm hearing a huge talk track around is, and it's not that, Susan, to your point of there's a little old school, new school kind of um, friction happening. Yeah. I think there is. I also think it's like just step back because sometimes we're actually saying the same thing. We're just defining it differently. Meaning does that moment with your boss matter? And you actually do want to know when they're in a person because you would love to have that. Yeah, sure. But guess what? That might be once a month. Yeah. Right, and, right. And, and that's going to be enough for them. And right. So does that mean that I have to work where you are? It's near the office? No, not necessarily. And they can still kind of find that connection. What I want to build on that because I think I think there's a there's also a lot out there and I would love your your personal um, experience. So is culture right? Especially if you're new in the organization, regardless of your level, right? You're new in an industry, you're new in an organization. You switch not only industries, but massive organizations with, with, you know, lots of stakeholders, et cetera. How did you, first, how did you look at culture and American Express is a very (laughs) strong culture um, as you, you know, got into Verizon, but more importantly, from a company standpoint, you're remote, You've not met anyone. You don't know your team in, you know, as far as meeting it face to face. How did how did that cultural sort of integration happen? Because I, as and I'm again, Sam, I'm my own opinion. You had never met anyone, and yet you were still considered for this the candidates for the CHRO role, which you ended up getting. Yeah, <laughs> in many ways, on paper, I wasn't the most ready for the role. <laughs> like let let me be blunt and say it right. So um, I I think that if you think about culture, and this is something I think we companies it will behoove them. Like we've really got to get on board and how we approach this for the future. Having an omni-channel approach mm. to how we communicate and engage with employees is gonna, in my opinion, is gonna be a huge key to the answer. So one of the things that Verizon has been doing is um, they have this thing called up to speed three times a week, there is a live, live, and it's published externally as well on Twitter and internal channels where there's a 30 minute session at lunchtime, every, every three times a week. And it's whatever's going live. Like, in fact, I did it today. And I talked about the, the tragic events that have been mm. happening to, to all employees. And those are ways that you get a feel for a culture of a company. Mm. What are they talking about? What is the tone? How do I feel after it? And, and, you know, there's so many channels that we have to leverage, to bring culture in, to make people feel that sense of belonging, which I can't say enough about a sense of belonging in a culture. Um, and you get a feel <clears> for <throat> that. You don't, you don't yeah. have to walk into the building. But don't get me wrong. Walking into a building is needed at times. <laughs> it's just needed in a different way. And I think we've realized that. And so, um, you know, Sam, you and I both know a lot of very, I would call inflexible leaders who um, it's like my way or the highway. And, you know, clearly, at least my perspective is the future is that's not going to be the way you're going to win and have grow people, get people to buy in. But you do have this cultural thing right now, particularly in like financial services and other industries where it's like, well, this is just the way we do things. And so we want to get back to that. 
So what kind of advice would you give to those leaders? And in particular, like what kind of things can you, should they be doing to help change their perspective and kind of get out of their, what I call old school ways? Yeah. Well, listen, if they don't get out of their old school ways, I think it's going to be really tough to attract and retain talent, mm-hmm. yeah. first of all. What can you I, talk what more I mean, about that? Yeah. So um, listen, the, if you look at, no matter what research and data you want to look at, we're still sitting in levels of unseen high attrition yeah. across all industries in, in um, corporations, right? So if you look at any report, what are some of the top five reasons that you see? pay is actually not number one. Right, right. Of those. It's usually like number three. Right. It's usually number three. But guess what else is now popping up in those those top five? It's leadership, right? Mm. I, I promise, I say this all the time, but like really great leadership um, won't keep everyone. It's not going to keep everyone, but it will sure as hell make people leave faster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you don't have oh, it. Oh, yeah. have it. So when I, when you say, Susan, you know, we know some of those unflexible leaders, you know, they, they're everywhere. We, we, anybody listening probably knows some of them as well. What we're seeing on that list of five certainly is um, location and work-life flexibility. Mm. And people want the stability. People are not afraid of hard work. They're not Mm -hmm. afraid to continue to work 50, 60 hours a week. That's not the talk track, but leaders are confusing that with the talk track. The talk track is, let me be the adult that I am and manage those hours and the schedule and my workload. And I promise I will deliver. Um, but that might mean I want to take off from three to five. Right? And then right. I don't work during those hours and I'm going to work later right. at night. Um, and I think we're going to have to step back. What I'm seeing happen is almost like cannibalization within that group to say, I'm, I'm going to post for a job. I'm not, I don't want to leave the company. We're seeing this. I don't want to leave the company, but I actually don't want to work in this team. And so you're seeing people leave out. You're seeing them have a hard time creating the right funnel of talent that wants to come and work for that particular leader and team. And listen, that's not new news, right? The topic might be new, but you see that all the time with inflexible leaders. I'm seeing that from the companies that we work with uh, at Luminary, financial services, tech, media, um, the, the internal cannibalization is really massive because everyone has open roles. And when there is a good leader that is open and is flexible, that reputation now I think is like wildfire versus what it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this idea of choice and options, I, I love that you said choice versus flexibility. Um, one kind of anecdotal example, um, this was in this was in financial services. Um, the current team that this person was on was just she this working mother wanted to come in at 10 what by the way was willing to come in every day to, and work 10 to 3 and then would lo- so that she could drop off and pick up had no child care um and then would would work again obviously and, and log in at night but would come in every day um and uh the the manager said no and then so heard that another area was hiring and that was an easy yes. And what's even more sad is that the manager actually called the existing manager and said, you know, I just don't think this is right with our culture to be able to do this. And if she does it, then everyone's going to do it. Wow. Dream killers everywhere. It's so fascinating to me, right? Because, you know, all the research tells you that it's so expensive to replace that knowledge, right? 
and it's so difficult. And also like people are watching how you treat other people and they're like, well, if you're going to treat them like garbage, then I certainly, you know, you're not going to do, do me any, any good here. You know, when you think about the future of work, mm -hmm. right. And, um, you know, we talked about what, it, what you think is going to be competitive, but how do you think the workforce is going to evolve? And in particular, you know, we talked, started out the conversation with this, um, you know, reflection on what's happening in the world. And certainly we've seen more and more of our employees, uh, expect our companies to participate and engage on some level. And so I'd just love to get your perspective on like, how do you see that, or, you know, mm. you can share, how do you see that playing out, right? I, I, I see it getting deeper. And, you know, this, mm. there's this, this talk track of like, you know, and we hear this, right? Oh, why does the company have to talk about stuff like that? That's not work. Yeah. It doesn't work like that anymore. Life doesn't work that way anymore work certainly doesn't so um like work life remember how it was a, for a long time work-life balance yeah and now we've heard like work-life flexibility and now we're hearing work-life integration yeah and i think as i think about the future of work susan that integration piece is going to be key and you know i'm really energized by the upcoming leaders that i see and the thing that energizes me the most i see more authenticity in in the the upcoming generation of leaders than I ever have before mm. and I find it really inspiring yeah really inspiring it's it's you know it always it has to start somewhere right so the talk is going to start somewhere yes bring your whole self to work but we don't really do it it's like this whole you know um growth mindset was the big talk track for a long time and like go oh, make mistakes and we're going to celebrate yeah it. yeah it was great but right. companies really talk the track they didn't really right. have to act yeah about. right and I think that's because come composition time, they were happy to hold it against you. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> and I think that's that as I think about the future of, of work, I think listen, the talk is important because it has to start somewhere. Um, I hope the pace of change uh, from when we can go from talk to action is going to shorten. And I think that this next gen of leadership that we have coming up um, is really stepping up to the table. Yeah. In terms of that, in terms of that full integration. Do you, do you, I love, you know, this next generation of leadership. I, I, I love that and that, that they are um, very different than, uh, than, and certainly probably what, what we grew up with. As you look, Sam, at the next generation that's entering the workforce, right? Um, we hear obviously Gen Z, the lower end of the, they're the younger end of the millennials. They're not going to stand for companies that aren't, you know, for purpose, but at the end of the day, people need jobs. And I think as we start to see interest rates rising, rising inflation, you know, potential recession, how do you think that is going to shape that younger population's view? Do you think they're going to hold their ground around, um, these are my values, this is what I want, versus even 20, 10 years ago, that these weren't conversations that managers were having with candidates. No, they definitely were not conversations. Um, you know, another, uh, my favorite focus group, by the way, is summer interns. <laughs> you want to know what's going to happen in the future or what's on their mind, right. just, just spend an hour with them. I also right. happen to have uh, an amazing stepdaughter who's graduated from college in a week here. And hearing her and her roommates go through the process of what's important to them, what are they looking for, um, you are right. The, the, the sense of purpose and ESG matters and community matters, it is 
absolutely important to them. At the end of the day, do people need jobs? Yes. But I'll tell you what, uh, they're going to be really diligent in how they look at them. And um, our summer interns, I actually sat with them last week as a pre-kickoff to when they will start uh, and hearing what's important for them. And, you know, work-life integration is important. Uh, and guess what? Sometimes we bucket things into generation too much. And I think yep. we, there's a risk in doing that yeah. because it's still mixed. Like if you, if, let's take work location uh, as one, it's a preference, it's a choice that employees want to be able to have, but it's not defined by generation. It's not like right. all the older generations and baby boomers want to be in the office five days a week. They don't, it's mixed. Right. And you know, the kids coming out of kids, the, the young adults coming out of college right now, um, mm -hmm. you know, they also are mixed. Yeah. They right. also are mixed within that approach. And so yeah. it really is, um, choice and the parameters and guardrails that we're putting up to support all of the choices in the right way. Yeah. You know, um, Sam, earlier in the conversation, you talked about something that kind of piqued my interest. So um, I chair a comp committee for a board. I'm on a comp committee for another board. And you said that people are looking to have a different mix around total rewards. What, what does that mean? Like, tell me more about that. I'm, I'm fascinated because I agree with you. Um, yeah. But like, what do you see in terms of like how people want to be rewarded? Yeah. Well, I don't envy you. I think uh, chairing the comp committee or the HRC is probably the, most the new audit there is on a board. <laughs> it's the hardest one there is. I was, you know, I used to tell people when they join a board, I'm like, join the audit committee because, like, you know, that's like where all the action is. And actually, you learn a lot about the business. But if you want to be in the action, all the actions in comp right now. That's so true. <laughs> So, man, we could talk about total rewards for a while because total rewards, in my opinion, is the end-to-end -end support of the entire employee life cycle. So total rewards is everything from pay, so mm. your, your base pay, the incentive pay, um, anything else that you kind of do on top of those pieces. But then it's also total rewards is actually even how do we think about career progression? What are the levels within a company? We don't think of that as a reward, but it's actually a reward because yeah. it's the number one reason people are leaving right now is visibility and, and exposure in their mm -hmm. progression. Um, the other thing is benefits, right? Yeah. So, in, but, but benefits, I feel like needs to be unpacked and we almost need a different word lately because table stakes is, you know, health, dental, vision, right? The rest of the benefits are, what are you doing to support lots of different categories? And I think this is one of the most innovative spaces that there is um, in HR right now where we need to progress the most because the demands are, it's not, it's, it's gone way beyond just tuition assistance, um, mm -hmm. financial education. Um, we're now into these, what I think is like, I could totally nerd out and get like, we're in cool things like people want sleep support. Mm. People want um, uh, elder care support. One thing people don't teach you is how to take care of your parent, your aging right. parent. Mm -hmm. and it's a huge problem in today's yeah um society because people are living longer lives and how do we handle these i mean that's the type of total reward then put on top of that this work-life integration like what's your time off flexibility do i have flexibility around where i work when i work how i work um you know that's act all of those things are defined in total rewards yeah massive space that's really fascinating because i i agree i mean i think um you know, em employees want to know that you care and but in order to really care about them you have to know what their needs are mm -hmm. and i think so many companies are just completely disconnected to particularly when you get into like diverse populations and others 
We've yeah. heard, I know we're wrapping up, but like Susan, we've heard even Sam, I mean, some of the companies like menopause support, um, access to telehealth around not just fertility, but, you know, pregnancy loss, miscarriage, yes. all of the things, particularly for women, that's the life cycle that we go through. Um, and I think that, you know, what's really interesting is everyone has, um, if they have a choice to your point, depending on where they're at in their life and the, the stage of their career, that I think will be a great opportunity to retain and create not only loyal employees, but just terrific performers. Yeah. yeah. So we're, you know, as, usual, as we said, <laughs> the time always goes so fast. Um, would love to just give you like one more opportunity, Sam, just share any final advice or like pressing things that you're like, you know what, you guys got to be paying attention to this this one thing, what is that? I think the one thing is just, um, gosh, to, to, to narrow it down to one is, <laughs> I, I, I really, know. I would really pay attention to um, total rewards. One thing I worry about right now is with the rate of attrition in certain skills and capabilities the most, it's really hitting higher in certain job families. Um, but right now I feel like there's a lack of awareness of what are you leaping to mm -hmm. and what are you running from right and it could be real easy in today's moment to be like oh my gosh yeah but that that salary is 15 percent higher and um i worry about the understanding of that total reward uh and quite frankly even total comp yeah um and that there's a lack of awareness on what you're getting and what you're giving up and i just i really i really hope because by the way, I wish people all the best, but I really hope people are looking deep into that. And what are you running to? And just be really, really thoughtful of what it is you're trying to get out of that. Because um, it could it could turn out in the bad way. But hopefully it's turning out great because it's a new yeah. challenge and it's something new and exciting. But Yeah, no, that's great advice. And so, look, we appreciate you taking the time to join us on Navigating the Work Compass. It's been great to have you. Uh, and the conversation I'm sure is like spurred. I've seen gotten a bunch of pings on my phone already from people who are like, oh my goodness, that was great. That like really made me think about things differently. <laughs> so thank you. Um, and we hope that all of you all will join us in navigating the work compass where you can find us on Apple podcast and Google podcast. And we are here every week or almost every week to talk about the issues of the day. And Lord knows um, there's plenty of issues of the day. So we will look forward to seeing you on the next conversation around navigating the work compass. Thanks, everyone. Sam, we're going to bring you back.